0: Hey everybody, my name is Wara. Hey everybody, my name is Prabhakar Dithia. And welcome back to another episode of our podcast,
1: Questioning Dogma. That's right, the podcast where we question and talk about almost anything and everything. No topic is off limits. Absolutely, it can be a social
0: topic, an economic topic, or a political topic. We will discuss it in great length, even though absolutely nobody asked for it. (laughs)
1: that's right nobody
0: asked for a bean yet we will provide it anyway if you could drop us a rating or follow us that helps us out a great deal charlie d'amelio dixie d'amelio addison ray now if you've heard these names or they sound familiar you've probably heard of the app tiktok it is by far the largest trend of this year it is captured the attention of so many people of so many different age groups. And I think it's well-deserved. The app itself is designed very well and it's built to capture your attention and deliver a concise message in 15 or 30 seconds. And a lot of people use it for you know, either social commerce, promote their businesses, put on advertisements, or simply just entertain people. Now, personally, I'm not a huge fan of TikTok, and I have really tried to get into the app. I've spent hours watching uh, on my For You page, I've spent hours trying to manipulate the algorithm to provide me videos I enjoy. But most of the time, I have just find videos that are simply not funny or annoy me more. But at the same time, Even though I personally don't find the content entertaining or helpful, I'm definitely in the minority.
1: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of TikTok either. I mean, you know, like you said, we're in the minority, like always. It's a company which has a following of 800 million users and it has a valuation of 50 billion, I believe. Mm -hmm. It's such a huge company that, you know, it was able to take something that's previously there. Actually, it's uh, kind of a rebrand on a previous app called Musical.ly. And it was able to really pivot it into a direction where so many companies and so many users were able to use it to their advantage. It's, it's given people a platform to really uh, enjoy others' creations. And where it kind of differs in that from Facebook and Instagram and Twitter is the fact that there's a lot more creative opportunity to really explore different avenues of either comedy or different avenues of information. You know, when the ability that has to edit and play music in the app itself allows for more creators to come in and to use those tools that TikTok then provides, which I think is fantastic. And when you consider, you know, how many people have become famous off of TikTok, right? Like, as you mentioned, Charlie D'Amelio, mm-hmm. uh, Dixie D'Amelio, and Addison Ray. which I'm surprised you know who those are, but, you, you know. Just looked them up yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> when you consider those creators, they they've been able to... Garner such a huge following and Addison Rae and Charlie D'Amelio and Dixie D'Amelio. In fact, they were also able to um, gain a sponsorship from Old Navy in which they can show off their jeans on TikTok and gain a lot of money from it. And another thing that TikTok does is it gives people communities. So using hashtags, it allows for a more uh, closer interaction between the creators and their fans, like the Hype House and the Sway House or whatever. It's mm-hmm. almost like a bridge between Instagram and YouTube. Oh, definitely. I mean,
0: let's get one thing straight here. TikTok is not reinventing the wheel. The app is basically just fine-tuning a lot of things older softwares and older platforms have done. Uh, stuff like Vine, YouTube, Instagram, and Musical.ly, it's kind of just a combination of all of that. It's kind of fine tuned everything. And as Adith has said, it is really a excellent platform for people to do so many different things all in one place. You can add music, you can edit, you can do whatever you want in this one app. It's very powerful. Again, like I'm not a huge fan of the content I sometimes see on the app, but the app itself is ingenious. And it is no wonder to me uh, how much of an influence really been on my generation and oh, even older generations, and it's quite remarkable
1: and very impressive. When you talk about the influence on generations, um, money is always one thing that's on every single generation's mind, and for millennials and Generation Z, which we kind of both are, you know. Um, it's so much more than just money but it's also like finding something that you're passionate about and so you see a lot of businesses uh, you know startups up-and-coming businesses as well as I think this is important to note music artists Mm -hmm. who are using TikTok and to really help promote their business or themselves you know I see a lot of artists um there's an artist that a lot of people may not know. He had a song called Party Girl on TikTok. His name is Stay Solid Rocky. And he, uh, he was just making music. You know, he was getting maybe 10,000 views on Spotify. This one song uh, called Party Girl, it helped blast into fame. So he has about 20 million views on Spotify just because his song blew up on TikTok. And this is happening with so many different artists and also so many different businesses. And there's another person called Sarah Cooper, and she did uh, voiceovers of Donald Trump and made funny videos, and now she has her own Netflix special. And so the way that TikTok has been giving so many people a platform is so ingenious. But we have to ask ourselves, what's the byproduct of all this? As Raj mentioned, you know, it's having such a huge impact on our generation. And I'm noticing that it's, at the same time as it's connecting people, it also might be making kids get involved into certain situations that don't really, they don't really have a sense of outside of the real world. Now,
0: the majority of the audience on TikTok is of a younger nature, under the age of 16, 15. And the problem here really lies in the fact that children are very impressionable to what they watch especially at that age and a lot of these creators with massive amount of support and audience that watch them on a daily basis i i strongly do believe they don't realize the power they hold and it results in really a lack of empathy for issues and uh influencers and people making
1: tiktoks you see a trend of like how do i say this people who are not really considerate again of the outside world they're seeing like if i had to give an example there was a trend of mm-hmm. uh, romanticizing trauma and where people were pretending to be holocaust survivors or go back to the holocaust and these people it's it's very offensive to the jewish community and a lot of people don't have a sense of kind of the depth of what is going on.
0: I understand there's a place for dark humor and that comedy is subjective, but at the same time the way that these trends are kind of handled and portrayed on TikTok is really just disgusting. They're ridiculing people's suffering and it's just not funny. I don't... I think the problem really is that the people who are making these videos just don't realize the gravity of the situation, because they've been so preoccupied with just watching this content and not really experiencing what's happening in the real world right now.
1: And I think to have a sense of empathy and a sense of, of compassion for other fellow human beings is so important. And that, that kind of gets lost in TikTok, whether it be because of the general nature of who is ever on TikTok, you know, not a lot of people have have lived through a sort of struggle or even then, if you haven't lived through a struggle, right, you should still have some amount of empathy for, for whatever is going on and having the smarter sense to not, rather than ridicule, I think the proper word is to romanticize it because that's what we're seeing is a lot of people are trying to, you know, uh, gain clout, gain likes off of pretending like they are in some struggle or some difficult situation. You know, it's really just so superficial
0: at the end of the day. You see all these people trying to, you know, put hashtag Black Lives Matter and hashtag protests and hashtag whatever and it's really in an effort to just like Aditya said get likes and get attention you see all these posts I've seen you know back when people were making posts like uh, with respect to Black Lives Matter and posting Black Blackout Tuesday a lot of people simply posted a black square and put hashtag Black Lives Matter and called it a day and I just thought it was so superficial and hollow because you're not doing anything. All you're doing is posting a black square for likes.
1: And I think another issue that has to be definitely recognized is the concern of fake news. And when we are hearing news right now from CNN, Washington Post about um, TikTok probably getting bought out by an American company, You know, we're me and Raj are starting to think about some of the effects that these American companies will have on the app itself because we see a lot of fake news about Black Lives Matter protests Mm -hmm. um, on both sides, whether it be, you know, a conservative or a liberal spreading, spreading news about whatever side, anything that supports the argument they take, and they not only put it in a misleading manner, but sometimes the news itself, It's just pure lies. It's not even true. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Raj, you can definitely speak more about it. But when I see something like that, it kind of concerns me for the younger generation who's getting influenced by this. No, I couldn't agree more. Uh, TikTok,
0: uh, as far as it goes, TikTok is a huge platform for entertainment and advertising, but it's also a huge platform for news. And when people are watching TikTok and getting their news out of it, a lot of the times this is their only news source and it's very easy to kind of see something, you know, very shocking and think that that's reality, but it's really not. It's far from it. I saw this one post on TikTok uh that talked about the recent Jacob Blake shooting. And it claimed that Jacob Blake himself took a brick and hit the officer, which resulted in him getting shot seven times. And that is absolutely false. In reality, the true story was the brick incident and Jacob Blake getting shot were two completely different stories. And this TikTok post kind of combined the two. And you could see comments in the videos stating that, you know, he deserved to get shot seven times because he attacked the officer, which in reality is not true whatsoever. So the problem really is people watching this one clip or reading this one article and looking at this one post and determining their entire opinion on the situation based on this one source.
1: And that's a huge problem. And that's something that TikTok is not exactly handling. And when we're looking at now how that TikTok might be bought out by an American company like Microsoft or Amazon, um, I think it's important to denote that these companies should also take extensive measures to uh, do their best to help mediate this fake news. Not exactly limit and promote their own agenda, but to take take into effect certain regulations and policies to help prevent fake news from being spread. Because the generation that's being influenced by all this fake news is the next generation of American voters or worldwide citizens who are going to make a difference, who are going to make an impact. And so when we uh influence fake stuff false stuff superficial stuff uh superficial content fake content it it, it really has a negative impact on the next generation see Aditya, i see what you're saying but at the same time
0: that's a very dicey road if a company acquires tiktok and tries to control what's put on it by determining some things being fake and some things being real it's very tricky Because a lot of the times, if you go down that road, people, and rightly so, can claim that it's suppressing someone's voice. Regardless of it being fake or not, you are suppressing someone's voice, and that becomes a problem, which is why something like TikTok is so preferred in America, because it doesn't limit you at all. You can literally pretty much post everything or anything on TikTok regardless of the content or what it's about. Which is why we see all these trends. And you don't really have the power to do this on other platforms, at least to this extent that you do on TikTok. It's funny, though, because it's the complete opposite in China, where TikTok originated. In China, TikTok is very uh, constricted and is very it's very censored. And people cannot really post what they want and can't really watch what they want. And it's very heavily controlled by the Chinese government and TikTok's uh, parent company, uh, ByteDance. Which is why some people are concerned, again, in America, that since this parent company is a Chinese company, what does that
1: mean for TikTok in America? There is a lot of concern for TikTok as an app, especially because... Security-wise, it's not very safe. Um, TikTok doesn't track, doesn't just track your IP address like most applications do. There's a test, and through that test, this engineer was able to figure out that TikTok tracks your SIM card. And he was able to switching out his IP address from somewhere in America to somewhere in India. And Google changed its content to tailor where his IP address was. But TikTok didn't do the same. And this just wasn't on the For You page. It was on his Explore page as well, where he noticed it was still the same U.S. content. Not
0: only that, I did a test myself. One of my friends told me that TikTok's algorithm is very sophisticated and that the AI kind of just knows exactly what you prefer and what you like to watch within a few swipes. And I thought that was very interesting. So I downloaded TikTok. I didn't make an account and I just opened the app and I swiped past the videos I didn't like and watched the videos that I did. And rightly so within a couple minutes, it was started recommending me videos I liked and, uh, you know, it recommended me videos about video games that I play about, and which got really scary was that it was recommending me things in the state that I live and also with hashtags of the college I attend. And that was very suspicious to me because I did not make an account and I all I did with the app itself was swipe past a few videos and watch other videos. So that got me very concerned because... How does this app know where I attend college and the state I live in?
1: Another thing that people don't know is that TikTok tracks your, the way you swipe on your uh, phone. It, types your, it collects your keystroke data and other applications that you have on your phone. See, now you have an understanding of how
0: intrusive TikTok can really be which is why many people, including me and Adifia, are really concerned about the parent company residing in China. If you didn't know, Chinese law states that if it wants, it can go into the records of any of its companies and take any information as it pleases at any time. Again, TikTok's parent company is by dance, It is a Chinese company, so theoretically, if China really wanted to get all this information from TikTok, they could, which is why this is so concerning to most people. The American government is rightly concerned about the security threat, which is why it led to President Trump issuing a ban on TikTok if it is not sold to an American company.
1: I think it's really interesting what's happening to TikTok now. Uh, there's such a huge bidding war going on for TikTok. So many companies, most, most notably Microsoft, is is bargaining with President Trump for the chance to buy TikTok, um, a Chinese company. And whoever gets TikTok could arguably be the next like mega company. You know, Microsoft, Amazon. These companies have a huge uh stock stock valuation they also have a huge market cap these are fortune 500 companies that are are battling each other for the top spot in the united states and so i think how it's interesting how a chinese company could influence america so much in that sense and i'm really interested to see the you know the connections to that, which banks like Goldman Sachs or Morgan Stanley are going to be helping overseeing these buyouts and transactions, how American companies are going to kind of move forward with this whole thing. We see Instagram, which is a subsidiary of Facebook, creating Triller. And I think it's so cool that, you know, so many other products are being created because of TikTok. I think it's really interesting how that one government impact created such a ripple effect in the video sharing
0: industry. TikTok has a huge market share and everyone wants to jump on it. I think what's important to remember though, is that TikTok never wanted to sell. And this ban slash selling is kind of forcing their hand because they are on the verge of losing one of their biggest markets. They already lost India. Now, if they lose the United States, that that'll be a huge hit on the company. So they're
1: kind of forced to just sell. And arguably, $50 billion company could be cut down to almost nothing just because its two biggest markets are pulled away. Exactly. I think it's so interesting because a company with arguably a $50 billion valuation could be cut down to absolutely nothing just by losing two of its biggest markets. And another thing that's important to be highlighted is that America versus China has been such a recurring theme the last few years, trade wars, and now TikTok. And China, which is a communist party, has been the sort of birthplace for such a huge global product that I think America is viewing it as a threat. And it's interesting to see how TikTok is kind of the catalyst for for so many, you know, uh, events that might occur between America and China. This kind of conflict
0: between China and America is not a new thing. China has banned American companies such as Facebook and Alphabet, the parent company of Google, and America, in return, is now banning Tencent. And ByteDance. And while all this is happening with the business side, more conflicts were occurring with the consulates and in America, a Chinese consulate was burning paperwork and America wanted to know what was happening and China claimed that They did not have to disclose what was happening inside the Chinese consulate. As a result, America closed it down and China rebuttaled by closing one down in its own country. And now this, this becomes very concerning if you start to think about the power these two countries have in the world and if the conflict is arisen, what could really happen? I have discussed this previously with adithia To both of us, it is very reminiscent of the Cold War with the Soviet Union and America. Now that's where we'd like to end our episode today. We talked about many things today. TikTok as an application, its popularity among younger generations, how it's so influential, how it's really very positive in some lights and in other lights it's not. And how it may very well be sold to an American company or get banned. But the thing is, TikTok's story is not just about TikTok. It's a lot larger than just an application that has 15 to 30 second videos. It's a story about security, about arising conflicts between two countries, and a lot of assets that we would like to discuss in the future. Our next episode will be about China and America and arising conflicts, leading from TikTok to consulates to other different things that are happening in the world right now. With these two major countries.
1: Once again, everybody, we're available on Apple Podcasts,
0: Spotify, and YouTube. If you could drop us a rating or follow us, that helps us out a great deal. We will try our best to provide the best content on a consistent basis. Next episode will be up next Tuesday. It's title The Second Cold War. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Raj. And if you. Signing off for now.